They said it was going to be a different thing when kids could come forward for baptisms. And how beautiful it is. Yeah. So often on this baptism of our Lord Sunday, we celebrate, and of course we read from that, that gospel depiction, as we heard earlier, of Jesus being baptized. This day, though, we, we are going to move in a different direction. We're going to read from the lectionary, the prophet reading from Isaiah. We're going to read the first seven verses of the 43rd chapter. So I invite you to follow along and listen for God's word to each of us and to the church this day. But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the end of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord endures forever. Amen. What do you offer someone during their most difficult hour? What do you offer someone during their most difficult hour when they are scared, frustrated, disconnected, depressed? What do you offer them when they are facing a new diagnosis, grieving the loss of a parent or a child, when they are worried about their marriage, questioning the next step at work, when they are facing chemo, trying to find a job, when they are wading through rushing water, when they are navigating a predicament that might burn them? Is there a word that can hearten even the most difficult situation? In our tradition, as a person is in preparation for ordination, one step that they must take is participating in something called clinical pastoral education, CPE for short. One must serve as a chaplain in a hospital or a similar setting for an intensive, usually 10 week long course. One works alongside usually folks from other traditions. Together, they learn how to provide faithful pastoral care during a crisis. There are many great and important lessons to be learned in this setting, but perhaps one that is most emphasized is that while providing someone care, one's primary responsibility is to listen 
You might find it hard to believe, but some pastors have a problem with talking too much. They feel the need to fill space with their words. So one is encouraged to be, as you may have heard before, a non-anxious presence. It's a good lesson for pastors. It's actually a critical life lesson for anyone who will be invited into the most tender times of a person's life. To know that their presence, not their word, is the most pressing need. But as you settle into this belief and practice, this practice of being a non-anxious presence, times do arise when you realize the power that a word can provide amid a crisis, so long as it is a faithful word spoken at the right time. The prophet's words fall on the ears of a people that know all the complexities of a disconnected life. They are exiled, far from home, worried for their children, scared for their friends, unsure about the future, change all around. They are wading through the river of life, navigating its torrent with shaky legs. They're walking through the flames of life's difficulties without much to cover their soft skin. The prophet's words from 2nd Isaiah fall on the ears of a people in exile. And as the prophet was opened to the Spirit of God, I wonder if they asked, is there a word that can hearten even this situation? A word for these people? And then the prophet's voice fades, and God speaks. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. and The flame shall not consume you. And the people are released from their fear because God has redeemed them. Redemption, it turns out, is not something that hangs in the balance of these people's lives. It has already been accomplished. It has already happened. But how can these people be sure? For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you because you are precious in my sight and honored and I love you. I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. They can be assured because God has claimed them. They can be assured because God has named them as precious. And famously, the only time in scripture, God says, I love you. There is nothing that God will withhold in order to secure God's people. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made into this difficult time. God is present. That's the word the prophet speaks. No matter these people's sense of disconnection, 
no matter the forces that hold them seemingly at a distance from God and one another. In the midst of their most difficult hour, this is the word that God provides. So what do you, what do we offer to someone during their most difficult hour? Certainly our presence, but perhaps a word. Perhaps a word that reminds them that they are not alone. Perhaps a word that reminds them that God is in the, bus- in the business of redemption. Perhaps a word that reminds them that God navigates rushing water and intense flames. Perhaps a word that reminds them that they are precious in God's sight. Perhaps a word that reminds them that God loves them. Perhaps a word that reminds them that no matter their sense of disconnection, they are connected to the God of all creation. Perhaps you might offer them both your presence and a faithful word. A dear friend of mine tells the story of standing in line at Chipotle and seeing a young woman, several people ahead of her in line in the midst of a Georgia summer wearing a tank top that showed a tattoo on her back shoulder. His baby's feet with angel's wings. Our friend's heart sank in her chest. And even as it did, she heard a still small voice murmur, you could say something if you wanted to. Not an instruction, an invitation. Her immediate reaction was, nah, not today. Saying something would mean remembering her own pain and entering into the pain of a stranger. So she thought, she hoped, that the young woman would be gone by the time that they got done ordering. A few minutes later, again prompted by a still small voice, her response then, maybe, Maybe I'll say something if she's still here by the time I get through the line. My friend tried to lose this young woman in the line, not paying any attention to her because she had hoped that she wouldn't have to say anything. But once she ordered and paid, she went to go grab a fork and seated right beside the utensil counter was this woman staring right at her. So she walked up to her, grabbed a seat, pulled up her sleeve, and said, I saw your tattoo. I'm so very sorry. And as she pulled up her sleeve, she showed her her own, the name of her son. She muttered in that moment the only two words that she could muster, me too. My friend and this stranger, they cried together in Chipotle, sharing the beauty of truly seen and being seen. What do you offer someone during their most difficult hour? Perhaps you offer them both your presence and a faithful word. These waters of baptism that we celebrated this day, these waters are illustrative, it turns out, of all water. The rain that falls outside the sanctuary even now, the storm that passed through early this morning, the river that flows by our fair city, it's illustrative for us. When we celebrate and when we remember our baptisms, we remember every water through which we have trod. Of the river, Tony Morrison wrote, you know, they straightened out the Mississippi River in places to make room for horse and livable acreage. Occasionally, the river floods these places. Well, 
Floods is the word that they use. But in fact, it is not flooding. It is remembering. Remembering where it used to be. All water has perfect memory and is forever trying to get back to where it was. The waters of baptism have perfect memory too. Memory of who created us. Memory of who redeemed us. Memory of who claims us. Memory of who trod through rushing river and burning flame. Memory of who loves us. The memory of this water on this baptism of our Lord Sunday is forever trying to return us to the place from which we have come, to return us to belovedness. It turns out that this water offers us not only its presence, but this day we celebrate that it offers us the word. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, Mother of us all. Amen.